crowd had been waiting and they were ready. Three days before they'd started getting ready, showered, did laundry, set aside their outfit. <coughs> this was going to be big. Day of, they gathered but stood well away, keeping the perimeter clear. Security had set clear limits. They weren't supposed to approach and certainly not touch anything. Crowd rustled with anticipation, becoming one people while they waited. And occasionally you'd hear voices raise or song or applause break out. And some folks shushed the outliers. And a few times there was nervous laughter. And then. There was the sound of thunder. The smoke started billowing as darkness descended and the crowd knew it was about to happen. Would she rise up from below, lights flashing? Drop down from the sky, the air grew thick like clouds, and yes, a flash of lightning, more lightning. Oh my God, this is intense, and then a blast, like for real, so loud, a trumpet blasting so loud that the crowd shook, like the whole place shook, and in fire, she came down, and it's like she was everywhere. Her voice was all you could hear, and she sounded like thunder. That's how it started. And what happened next is that God said this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Before giving the rest of the Ten Commandments, God introduces God's self. I'm God. God, God. Like Celine, Elton, Janet, Selena, Prince, all those for whom one name is enough. I am, and that's all you need to know, and it is on. I heard about God's opening number for the first time this week. I mean, I'd obviously like heard the Ten Commandments before, but the first time I heard God at Mount Sinai described as the opening of a share concert was this week on a podcast I sometimes listen to, and yes, Kayla, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, the podcast is called The Study, and it walks through the whole weekly cycle of 50 Torah readings with rabbis and academics and writers and activists and artists. And I could not have been more happy or more grateful for the gift of Raviv Ullman retelling the story of the Ten Commandments with pyrotechnics, including what he called Jewish space lasers. I was like, this is great timing. And I knew I wanted to preach on this text, or the one from Deuteronomy that just kind of retells this story, even before I heard Raviv compare God to Cher. Because of what God says next, after God says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God in full diva mode, jealous. Fierce God, here God comes down the bleacher steps in knee-high boots covered in right white fringe while the band blares. I may have watched Beyonce kick off Coachella in 2018 a few times this week. God in full rage mode. Because God goes on to say, I punish children, I punish children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. The God who throws great parties, the God who provides healing, the God who offers forgiveness and redeems your life from the pit. 
promising rejection to you and those who come after you if you reject God. God working up a lather and making a scene. I don't want to say Brittany because she had so much other stuff going on. But like this is not God's best look. Still, I spent the first part of my life not questioning this. God is God and God gets to make outrageous claims. Like that's just the way it's way it is. Like when you're God or if you look so good in those boots, you can make these claims, you know? It's God's world and we're all just living in it. And strangely, at the same time, I had an evangelical's access to God. God Creator God, 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 one name God was all-powerful, all-knowing, and omnipresent to all people in every place and time, but God was also personal and close, and I, I spent the first part of my life not questioning that either, not questioning that I found it appropriate to have a close, personal, casual relationship with God, the ground and source of all life and being. I didn't question that I was supposed to have that kind of relationship with God for a long time until I was in my 30s and working at a church in Chicago, but actually back in Boston visiting my home church. And my friend who had become the pastor had done me, like I didn't even know what a big favor she had done me, the favor of going out to dinner with me after evening church. And I talked on and on about all that I was experiencing and learning and mad at and frustrated by, and she, exhausted, listened until she couldn't. And I shared how I felt spiritually disconnected and how I didn't want to just talk about God, but I wanted to look God in the face, like to make eye contact, so to speak. And she, this southern woman in her twang, she said, well, nobody got to look in God's face but that old Moses. It killed everybody else. Like, she's the kind of person who refers to the writer, Pastor Frederick Beekner, as that German boy, so I don't think she meant any disrespect to Moses. Eventually, I let her get the hell out of that restaurant and go home. But something had shifted for me. So I did spend a lot of time with Beyonce this week. And yes, there is a lot of, it's Beyonce's world and we're all just living in it content. There's also a surprising amount published when she was first making it huge, like moving from ordinary pop star to like whatever she is now. There were a lot of pieces about how she stays grounded and stays humble. Like she may be blowing up, these 2013 articles said, but she's still just a regular person. And this wasn't even like that trash people feature like stars are just like us like they have bodies and still have to eat or whatever these were magazine articles outli outlining how Beyonce hadn't changed that much and was still accessible to fans and was really just a normal person and I wondered why is that so important like can we just not acknowledge that a person like Beyonce in this case is pretty unique pretty gifted pretty skilled can we allow a person, as Beyonce apparently allows herself, to not be normal? To acknowledge, thank you, Rhiannon, that no, we do not have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. Because she's so beloved for her exceptionalism. What's exceptional about her? And we want her also to be regular. Okay, so after God introduces themselves and reminds people who they are and what they've done, 
God has brought the people out of captivity and declares themselves to be a jealous God, we get the rest of the Ten Commandments. And I'm not someone who has them memorized, but they are familiar, okay? Don't use God's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath and make sure others around you have one. Honor your parents or, or just acknowledge that you're not self-made or whatever. Don't murder. Don't cheat on people. Don't steal. Don't lie about people. Don't covet shit or other people. Like, definitely don't do that. Why would you do that? And that's it. And then there's more thunder and lightning and smoke, and there's more trembling on the part of the people who are gathered there. And they just come right out and ask Moses, how about if... um going forward you talk to us on God's behalf and don't have God talk directly to us like we will die if we go through this again it is so overwhelming terrifying to be in the presence of God 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 is not accessible they are not small or close or personal not not in this mood but God in the middle of all these pyrotechnics isn't isn't laying out law for this people, although these are part of the law. God is describing the terms of a covenant, a relationship between God and the people. And the covenant isn't even new, and it, and it doesn't depend on whether the people follow these rules or not. It's a covenant that existed before the people there had become one people, back when they were just Abraham and Sarah, this small family group traveling in a vast landscape, their small fires burning in the darkness. And God did come close to them. God showed up as hungry strangers and as, yes, a, a fire, a torch, and God made promises to them, promises about their descendants and about how long God would be their God. It would be, God said, an everlasting covenant. So the promises not contingent, the relationship not contingent, the covenant everlasting between God as close as a shared meal and the ones who serve the meal between the universal creator God and the created. And even after the show, like this terrifying show at Mount Sinai with God in full diva mode, that's true. On this podcast, the, the crew debriefing the scene said I don't think God in this text cares much about how you feel I was like that seems right like this seems like God laying out what it might be like to live in a community gathered around or facing toward this God this God it seems like God trying to describe God's self accurately like if you're going to be in a relationship with me here are a few things you need to know and I, I also think it's God making some claims this is where God claims God's authority, making some claims about what constitutes a good shared life before God in the presence of a jealous God who can be a bit much, in the presence of other human beings. I think it's God describing that honest, transparent communication is best, like for God, about who and how God is, and for human beings, about what our commitments are, God making a claim that honesty is best in our relationships and with ourselves about who we are and where we come from, that honesty is best in communi community and that, that clear vision about ultimate priorities is good for everyone, that valuing the lives of those around you is what makes all life, all community possible. 
I think it's God showing who God is, like right from the jump, a God who is always a God of freedom, the God who led this particular people to freedom, a God who wants all kinds of freedom for all kinds of people. I think God is being the kind of diva who knows what she wants and needs and lays it out and then gets carried away saying things that aren't even true. I think God in this story isn't so much loving as good. I think God in this story isn't so much nice as powerful. And somehow all of this is what's needed for our thriving.